mercy and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text for this All Saints Sunday will be taken from the reading in the Psalm, chapter 146. You may be seated. Let us pray. Mighty God, you have, by your grace, called us your saints. You have set us apart to be your holy people, beloved and cared for, forgiven and redeemed. We ask you this day, O Lord, as we think about what it means to be a saint, you would give us confidence in the face of all, give us confidence in the face of all that we see in this world, even in the face of death. Lord, let your will be done for us. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. So as you have now heard a hundred times, we are commemorating All Saints Sunday today. And, and, and for me, this is always sort of a, a day filled with, with mixed emotions. It's kind of like when, when I preach at funerals. It's a day that we have to deal with our sorrow. We have to confront the sadness we face when it comes to death. In just a few minutes, we're going to read the names of those who have died in the faith in the last year. And that is a sad and emotional thing. Because death is sad. Death is our enemy. And death has dealt a pretty devastating blow to those we love and to us. Death is hard. It provokes weeping and sorrow. Even the Lord Jesus himself, you will recall, when he went to the tomb of his beloved friend Lazarus, Cried when he saw that tomb closed. It drove him to weep. Death is filled with sorrow. And yet, today we do not merely mourn over death. For Jesus is with us when we face death. And just as Jesus wept when he looked at the tomb of Lazarus, knowing he was about to do something about death, we gather here today to rejoice that Christ has in fact done something about death for us. As we remember those who have died in the faith, we must remember that those are saints who died. That is, they are those who have been baptized into Christ Jesus, which means Jesus in their baptism crucified them already in their sinful nature and raised them to a new life. Which means that for them and for all who are baptized, Jesus makes this wonderful promise. Death is nothing more than a blessed sleep from which we will one day arise and be in the presence of our risen Lord forever in the company of all the saints and all the angels celebrating and rejoicing at the marriage feast of the Lamb. You see, when you are baptized, Jesus makes this promise to you. His death is your death. That means his resurrection is your resurrection. And his resurrection is eternal. It will never end. We will live with Christ forever. When Christ died for his saints, when Christ died for you, he made you a promise written in his blood that your sins are forgiven. And this is true. Note this. Your sins are forgiven. And if sins are forgiven, we've got to remember that the consequence or the wages of sin is death. So that if sins are removed and forgiven, what this means is that death really has nothing left to say to you. Jesus has put death to death for you. And that is the joy of All Saints Sunday. 
that death, as painful as it is, is temporary. We will rise to be with Christ forever. Which is why I think today this psalm that we heard this morning, Psalm 146, is really such a delightful surprise for me. Uh, this past week, we have all kinds of options for texts that we can preach uh, on this day. And so I asked Pastor Matt, what do you want to preach on? And he said, Psalm 146. And I'm like, that's a, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> uh, uh, one, because it's yours. And two, uh, I don't like preaching psalms. Like, I really struggle to preach psalms. But it turns out, Pastor Matt, pretty sharp cookie. Do you have a sharp cookie? Well, anyhow, uh, he's one of them. Uh, and uh, this is a great text for today. And I was, I was delightfully surprised by it. And it's, as difficult as it is for me to preach on the Psalms, I realize that this is precisely the word we need to hear today. Because today, as we gather for All Saints Sunday, we gather in a world that is utterly terrified of death. And if you don't think we're afraid of death in our world right now, I, I invite you to read a newspaper from the last, I don't know, 18 months. And just see whether or not we are afraid of death in our culture. COVID and cancer, death and disease are all around us, and we are reminded constantly of their power and their weight. But today as we gather and we read through Psalm 146, we are reminded that we have a God who is stronger than death, and he will not allow it to have the final say over you. So this psalm teaches us to praise this God who is the God of life. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to read through this psalm together. We're going to kind of immerse ourselves in this psalm. We're going to read different verses of it, uh, and then I'm going to give us some meditative thoughts on each portion of the psalm together. But as we do this, just recall, this is kind of the nature of the psalms. The psalms are given to us to teach us to pray. The psalms are not historical narratives like you might find in Genesis and Exodus or, or Matthew or something like this. Nor are they theological discourses like you might find, say, in Romans or Galatians or 1 John or something along those lines. No, the Psalms are Holy Spirit-wrought hymns and prayers and laments prayed by the people and written by the people we find in the historical narrative, praising and praying and lamenting in light of the theology they know to be true from the Word of God. These Psalms are a beautiful sort of uh, guide in teaching us how to speak as the saints of God because what they do is they force us to take our eyes off of ourselves and fix them on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. They give us the language of faith. They teach saints to sound like saints. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to immerse ourselves in this psalm. And what I might encourage you to do over the next week is once or twice a day pull out Psalm 146 and read it through and pray it and meditate on it and let it kind of form the way you think about what you're seeing all around you. So we're going to do this together. If I can get the folks up in the booth to give me the first uh, verse there, first two verses, uh, let's read this together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. As long as I live, as long as I have my being. Well, how long is that? How long will you live? How long will you have your being? Well, we've answered the question already, haven't we? Forever. For your baptized. You belong to Christ, and death no longer has say over you. 
Christ has conquered the grave for you, which means you, dear saints, will be saint for all of eternity. Because Christ has died and risen for you, and he promised that to you in the water of your baptism. It's forever. You are a saint forever in the kingdom of God because of what Christ has done for you. And make no mistake, he is the only one who will do it. He's the only one who has done it, and he's the only one who can do it. But he has done it, and he's done it for you. But what that means is that you cannot trust anyone else to do it for you. Let's go to the next portion of the psalm. We read, Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man, in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. There is no one else you can trust in the face of life and in the face of death. Now, make no mistake, there are plenty out there who will try and get your trust. There are plenty out there who will try and take your faith away from Christ, but you cannot trust them. Now, I know that seems kind of obvious. Like, if I give you a test and I say, who can you trust in death? All of us are going to say, Jesus, right? That's pretty straightforward. And yet, we are so easily swayed and our faith is so easily uh, distracted by the problems and the ailments of our lives. We far too often pursue a quick fix to life's problems. And quite frankly, we are all too ready to listen to anyone who offers us relief from the pain. And the psalm today, interestingly enough, warns us against those with power who come in and try and prove to us that they are going to be the ones who are going to solve all of our problems. We have this constant temptation in our lives to put our trust in the powers and leaders of this world who come in and promise us that they're going to make everything okay. They're going to make life better, at least, you know, if you vote for them. Every philosophy and every proponent of some philosophy, every other religion in the world and the religious proponents, every politician and political ideology is going to give you some grandiose vision of a utopia. If you just get in line and do what they say, then the psalm tells us, you know what happens next? They die. Their breath departs and their plans perish, leaving those who put their faith in them both lost and cynical. What they offer may have some temporary benefit for this world. It may, it may even have some good benefit for this world, but the reality is, is that they cannot conquer death, which means they cannot bear the weight of your faith. You might work alongside of them, you might support them, you might love them, you might even be there with them, but you cannot trust them. There is only one you can trust in the face of death, and that is Jesus Christ. That is why today the psalm says, you, dear saints, are blessed. Because Christ, whom you trust, is your help. Let's read the next verse. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who rescues justice for the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. See, the blessed ones, according to the psalm, that is the saints, that is you who are sitting in that pew right now, you are blessed 
because your help is not in princes who die or philosophies that fade. Your help is not in presidents or political parties whose power waxes and wanes every four years. Your help is not in anything or anyone that this world wants to exalt. No, your help is in the creator of heaven and earth who never backs off of his promises. He keeps faith forever. He never ceases to fulfill his word. And what is his word? What is his promise? He will forgive sins and conquer death. And it's the very thing he's done in Jesus Christ. We are the blessed ones, for we trust this now by faith, and that we have been given this promise, we know that soon we will see it by sight. This promise is secured by the Lord Jesus Christ, who has walked out of the grave alive. Just look at the ministry of Jesus. Look at the way he conducted himself in this world, and look at his ultimate act of death and resurrection to see how the work of Christ works against all that death has, has done to us, all that sin has oppressed us with. Notice how Jesus' entire ministry works against those things. The psalmist actually sings about it today. Let's go to the next portion. Let's read this. The Lord sets the prisoners free. over the soldiers, he upholds the widow and the fatherless, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. I think it's interesting to note that, that the prophet Isaiah, at some point in his, uh, in his book, prophesies very similar things about the coming Messiah. And then about 700 years later, Jesus is in a synagogue and he opens up the scroll from Isaiah and reads words that echo what we read here in the psalm. Then he closes it and he says, now today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, Jesus was saying, I'm the one who has come to do all of this for you so that you can put your trust in me. Jesus is saying, I am no mere son of man whose breath will fade and will die, but I am both the son of man and the son of God who's come to overthrow death. And notice just how he ticks all of these things off right through his ministry. He does all of these things. First, he comes to declare righteousness. He justifies those especially who had been oppressed by the legalism of the religious. Notice how he fed the hungry when he gathered the 5,000 plus women and children, then later on did it with 4,000 plus women and children, and fed them with a few loaves of bread and some fish. See how he freed those imprisoned by Satan's lies. How he gave physical and spiritual sight to those who were blind. Notice how he still continues to do this today for you. Are you brought low? Are you bowed down because of your sin and your shame and your guilt? Well, Christ comes to you even now and he lifts up your head and he looks you in your beloved eyes and he says, I forgive you for all of it. I love you with an everlasting love. Do you find yourself lost and wandering? uncertain about anything in the world around you, not sure what is happening, and it feels like everything is spinning out of control, you may be lost, but the Lord Jesus Christ has pursued you, and he has found you, and like a good shepherd, he carries you home on his shoulders. Are you without family? Are you lonely? The Lord Jesus has made you a child of his heavenly Father. 
and has called you a beloved member of the household of God and has gathered you to be with us in this place. And for those who are the wicked, for those who come along and continue this death work in society, for those who want to come and rip these things away from the saints of God, will they have Jesus to deal with? The Lord Christ will bring them to ruin, and he's done so by conquering them on the cross. All of these things the Lord Jesus Christ has done for your sake. And all of them are a glimpse, a foretaste, of what is to come for you for all of eternity. All of this foreshadows what we will ultimately and finally experience when Christ comes again and raises us from the grave. We will finally experience completely the undoing of death. For Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. He has conquered the grave and lives forever. He has done so for you and he will do so with you. You are the saints. You are the bad Blessed are you, for the God of Jacob, the crucified one, is risen, and he reigns forever, and he reigns for you. Which can lead us to do nothing, I suppose, but praise him. And so we read together the final verse. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, through all generations. Praise the Lord. Give our sins and conquer our graves. Grant us faith in him in this world where so many distractions come along and try and draw us away from you. Lord, keep us in your care. We thank you that you are faithful to your promises. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.